All right, let's break down the latest in Victoria politics with the help of Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's get the behind the scenes dish on this because, you know, I do have to say it's not very often that you hear a fulsome apology from a politician. I agree, Simi. In fact, there's one line, and John Horgan apologized in a number of different ways and took blame for this in a number of ways, but my favorite line was where he said the mistake was mine alone. I mean, how often do you hear that? The mistake was mine alone. We're in an area, uh, an era of mistakes were made, but not by me. Exactly. <laughs> so the premier says the mistake was mine alone. And I look, we don't want to get too far ahead of the narrative here. I like it when a politician admits they got it wrong Me too. and backs off. I think the public does, too, for good reason, because everybody makes mistakes. You expect them to make mistakes. And what you want to see is you take the blame, you back off. And the politicians who do that uh, take the famous second look, as former Premier W.A.C. Bennett used to say, or Ralph Klein in Alberta. I just think that's the gold standard in uh, taking blame for things, and I think John Horgan met it. You know what? I thought of you, too, when I was listening to the apology yesterday because it reminded me exactly of what you had talked about, about the famous second look, because that's pretty much what they said yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you know, and again, look, uh, uh, those of us in the punditry business may at times demand a lot of politicians and uh hold them to maybe too exacting a standard, although I think that's what our job is. But uh, look, I, as I said, I think John Horgan, uh, what he did yesterday uh, was, as I say, the gold standard for taking blame. It also, looking at it politically, I think did his government a big favor because this was the biggest drag on the NDP's political fortunes. And it also took away a very good issue for the B.C. Liberal opposition. They were making political hay on this. It was the gift that keeps on giving for them, and he took it away from them. So all of that is to the good uh, from the NDP's political point of view, and we should take note of that as well. Yes. Now let's also talk about some of the other interesting parts of this, Uh, and that is um, something you picked up on, too, that no one expressed concerns to the premier about this plan, I, I find that a little alarming. Yeah, our uh, our colleague Keith Baldry of Global uh, zeroed in on this in his question to the premier, and really it was, look, premier, you got some really experienced political hands in your government, in your office, at your cabinet table, and in your caucus. And did no one say to you right at the beginning, this thing is not going to fly, boss. It's going to blow up in your face with the public. The public is not going to say this is a good time to be spending a billion dollars on a new museum. The public is not going to support here in Victoria the idea of closing the museum for eight years. So Baldry asked the question, and the premier's answer was no one. No one said that to him to his face. Okay, that's that's, troublesome. If that's true, what does it say about his government? Is he surrounded by yes persons that, uh, you know, just whatever the boss says, they think they explain to him why it's a great idea, boss? Um, Are they incompetent? Did they not see this coming? Because all kinds of people saw it coming right from the beginning. It was obvious that this thing was in trouble. Or, and this would be the most disturbing 
comment on the John Horgan government. Did some people see it, but they were afraid to say it to the Premier. They thought this thing was a done deal, and they didn't want to be the one out on the limb uh, being prematurely right about the need to cancel this. I don't know the answer to that, but if uh, John Horgan gets around to conducting a post-mortem on this internally, um, if it's true that nobody told him this is a mistake, boss, and back off, uh, why doesn't he have that kind of a person on his staff who says, uh, boss, uh, permission to speak freely, closes the door in the office, and says to the Premier's face, listen, fearless leader, this one's not going to fly. This is a common mistake a lot of politicians make, though, isn't it, Vaughn? Is that they are surrounded by yes people because they just, I don't know if they want to be told that or if there's the perception that they want to be told that. Uh, Yeah, and that's a good point, Simi, the perception that the boss doesn't want to hear bad news. Sometimes bosses don't make it clear. Look, in our political system, a Premier is so powerful in charge of appointments, in charge of cabinet positions, the right to hire and fire political staffers. It takes guts to tell the boss to his or her face, this is not going to fly, this is a bad idea, you need to hear this from me, and don't do it. And it is incumbent on the boss to make sure there are people on his or her staff that know those comments are welcome, that Yes, you come to see me in private, you ask for a private chat, you ask for permission to speak freely, and you tell me to my face what I don't want to hear. So it's, uh, you know, and John Horgan's done well for five years. So clearly at times he's had those kind of people around him. uh, But on this one, if it's true that nobody told him this is a mistake, boss, and you need to back off, and right from the beginning he should be asking, I need somebody like that on my staff next time. Well, clearly, right? Could have saved them, what, 40 days of trouble? Yeah. Look, I I mean, he did the right thing. So, you know, and and as he said, it's only 40 days. Hey, uh, that's how long it took Noah to build an ark. So uh, (laughs) he had one good laugh line yesterday. But (laughs) And the other thing is, you know, there is a bit of wreckage left in the wake of this decision, and that is the fate of the Provincial Museum, because... They slammed the brakes on the makeover, but the museum, as we were talking about this earlier in the week, um, a big chunk of what people liked about the Provincial Museum is already gone. You know, they've dropped the admission fee to five bucks because there's not much left there to see. I see my my colleague uh, Les Lane in the Victoria Times columnist this morning points out that the museum uh, admission fee is five dollars and worth every penny. It costs you 16 bucks to get into the Victoria Bug Zoo in downtown Victoria. <laughs> so that tells you that, like, there's serious damage been done to that museum. And they've told the museum board and CEO to go back and figure out a new plan, and, and they're not in any rush to hear about this before the next election. But this is an important institution here in the capital and the new democrats have done serious damage to it and i don't know i don't think it can be saved in its current form well and that's the thing we didn't understand from the very beginning von you and i had talked about this about why they didn't just keep it open while they were doing the consultation process and i asked melanie mark about that and she didn't have a good answer no look they they started tearing out the exhibits at the beginning of the year they announced last november by surprise that, hey, this is your last chance to see the historical exhibits in the Provincial Museum, Old Town and a bunch of other, yeah, they're old, right? But 
families loved them, little kids loved them. Uh, they were popular. The, the museum's approval rating was like 95% from visitors. So they, and they announced that on very short notice, the, those were all closing. They were being torn out. It was being done in the name of decolonializing the museum. Melanie Mark herself said it. She now denies that that was her motive, but that's what they said. So all of that stuff is torn out. That's why they're only charging five bucks to get in, because there's not a hell of a lot left to see in that place. So they say the museum, Simi, is going to be open indefinitely. They're going to keep the IMAX going, which is a good thing, because taxpayers bought the thing for like five million bucks. So, you know, but, but it's not easy to see how they rescue the museum from the damage that's been done to it. And in the long, that's probably the only part of this uh, fiasco that has legs because, you know, eventually uh, the government is going to have to deal with this. And as I say, I'm guessing that they'd sooner not hear about it till after the election. But uh, it's not that part of the mistake is not easily erased. And that's the lasting damage of this decision, even though no question the premier did the right thing. Okay, and that's the way it's going to be for now, and I guess it kind of neutralizes the opposition here a little bit. Yeah, I think the Liberals will, you know, this was this was a great issue for the Liberals, because with every other issue, school construction, recruiting family doctors, you, you couldn't get a bridge built, any issue, they could go around the province and say, yeah, well, you know why they won't pay for your, what you want? It's because they're spending a billion dollars on a museum that nobody wants. So that uh, was a very good issue for the liberals and it was a legitimate one but now their problem is going to be oh you know and they said yesterday yeah well it's not permanent cancellation and blah blah but really no this this took away the best issue the liberals had and you know when the government does the right thing i mean when you're an effective opposition one of the great risks you run is you'll be so effective that the government will change direction so you can pat yourself on the back for doing your job as opposition and they did but it also means you're going to have to go out and find a new issue to hold the government to account aha and that is where the trouble begins again i guess for the government all right we'll talk more about it thanks Vaughn. bye bye sim